If you have been following along with us over the past few weeks, you will know that we've been uh, journeying through a series where we've been thinking about what it means to be the harbour of hope, what it means to be the church, really, what it means to be a place where if people land, they see a community of people and what that looks like. That's what we've been thinking about. Um, But today really is a chance for us to think more specifically about who we are, St. Paul Shadwell, not the whole church, but who this church is, who we are locally. You know, the privilege of what it is to be a people who have been called, who've been given a specific vision by God. Um, So that's what we're going to be thinking a little bit about today. Um, If you don't know or if you would like to be reminded, uh, this is my favourite topic to talk about, a little bit of our story about who we are at St. Paul Shadwell. Our story begins back in 1656 when Matthew Mead led a church plant from St Dunstan's in Stepney and established here a chapel of ease to bring peace and love from the peace and love of Jesus to the people of uh, who are working in the docks, the men and women of the London docks. And, you know, as Phil was saying, ever since then, we've had this rich history of landing and launching, you know, being a place where people come for a time and are launched out into new adventures uh, with Jesus. And that is such an exciting part of who we are. And then many of you will know that uh, much later on in in 2005, a team came over from Holy, Holy Trinity Brompton uh, to join the uh, remaining faithful prayers and worshippers of St. Paul Shadwell to revitalise this parish and to see uh, God's kingdom come across East London. And that's when we established or began to articulate uh, that vision that we often talk about, to make disciples, transform communities and plant churches. You know, you'll hear that almost every week when you come here. Uh, that is who we are. That's what's in our DNA. That's what God has called us to do as the people here in Shadwell and across East London. And this landing and launching piece is really what we've always been about. You know, we were planted and since then we have planted across East London and beyond. If you look over on that board, you'll see all of the uh, worshipping communities, all of the congregations that we've been involved in launching out leaders to plant and to develop new worshipping communities across East London and beyond, across Europe and beyond. So do check that out. Uh, And we love talking about that stuff. We love celebrating the fact that God's called us to be planters, to be people who create new things. Um, So I'm really excited about that. And what we look like now, well, we look like people who gather from across East London and beyond. Hey, put your hand up if you are not from Tower Hamlets. Turn around and look. This is an incredible, thank you, I just love to know that because this is an incredible community of people who have gathered from across East London and beyond to be here in this place. There's something about what God is calling us to do in this place. We are both very local. You know, we know lots and lots, hundreds of, almost thousands of our neighbours have come through these doors to figure out who we are and to come along to the parties that we throw. And yet, as a community, we are also scattered across East London and beyond. Um, And that is such a privilege that we get to be both local and sort of scattered across. Um, And it's such a privilege to be able to welcome each one of you, no matter where you live across East London or not East London, um, to be part of this family here. We love that we get to do that that. So throughout the day today, as we, as we hear news in our uh, APCM and as, as I speak now, I'd love it if you would continue to just have in the back of your mind thinking about this place as a place of landing and launching. I would love it if each of us continued to ask the question, 
whilst I'm here, God, what is it that you have for me here? How are you developing me? How are you growing me? What will you have me do as part of this body? What role will you have me play? And maybe the scarier question too, that scary question that Nicky started to ask when he started to discern a call to be launched out. In what ways are you going to launch me, Jesus, into new things, into new places, into new roles and responsibilities, maybe in this church, maybe outside of this church? I'd love it if we could all commit to faithfully asking that question. Lord, how are you landing me in this place and growing me? And where are you sending me to as you launch me out? I know it's maybe ironic that I would be saying that as a, someone who's been here for 12 years or so. But um, I, th- I continue to ask that question even still. Lord, what is it that you're doing? How are you training me? And where are you going to be launching me out to? And today I wanted to use a really famous piece of scripture, a very famous image that Jesus uses to help us to think about our vision to make disciples transform communities and plant churches. And this is a really well-known passage, but I'd really encourage you to uh, look it up on your phone now as I read it uh, to dig into it. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, uh, which he'd set up a couple of years prior to his letter And the church is still really working out who they are and how they are to conduct themselves. You know, they're they're not all agreeing about everything. And so here in this passage, Paul is reminding them that they need to not be jealous of each other. They need to not fight over the gifts that they have and they bring, but to remember that each one of them is needed in the body of Christ for it to flourish. So 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 12. Just as a body, though, one has many parts... But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts, but one body. And I love this analogy. I love this analogy of the beautiful, diverse body. This incredible, united body that is one, but has many different parts to play. And in our our vernacular, in our language, where we talk about making disciples, transforming communities, and planting churches, I think this analogy of the body really helps us as we think about what it looks like to do all of those things. So the first thing about bodies, this analogy of the body, is that bodies change and grow and develop. You know, some of you might know that on a Friday morning, I run a little uh, group for for mums and dads uh, with little babies 
um, which is the most fun thing to ever do. Um, so do come join me on a Friday morning if you're available. Um, and so we have a group of mums who come, mostly mums, not all mums, who come with little babies, mostly under one, uh, to hang out and to have community with one another. But over the Easter holidays, we stopped the group because we were doing all sorts of different things. And so on Friday, I saw some of the babies that I haven't seen for three weeks uh, come back to the group. And you would not believe how much bigger they've got in three weeks. I mean, this is the aim of the game, right? That babies get bigger. But it still amazes me every single time when I've seen one of the little ones that I haven't seen for a few weeks. And then all of a sudden I see them. And they're, they, now they can roll over. Or now they're eating something that they weren't eating before. Or they're starting to make noises or be able to do things with their body that they weren't able to do before. You know, bodies grow and change and develop over time, don't they? And those of you who are parents in the room who've had to buy shoes for little ones will also know that. You know, I've just taken Sophia, my eldest, to go and buy school shoes. Um, very annoying that I had to buy them before the end of the school year. But anyway, I had to, had to take her to go and buy new school shoes. As it turns out, she was two sizes bigger than the shoes she was currently wearing. So that's, that's awkward. Uh, but she's fine. She's got new shoes now, everybody. Don't panic. Um, bodies grow and develop, don't they? Bodies change over time. And we know as well, don't we, that we can, as I'm sure you know I do, we can train our bodies for sport. We can train our bodies to, to do incredible things. You know, we watch like the Olympics, we watch sport, and athletes are able to do incredible things that no one thought was possible by training their bodies. And actually throughout the New Testament, Paul uses lots of athletic language when he's talking about discipleship. He encourages Timothy by saying, train yourself for godliness. And in his letter to the Hebrews, he writes that famous verse, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And you know, our heart as a church is that we might be a body that is constantly in training, continually changing, continually growing this body of ours to be spiritually fit and strong. And, you know, you've heard about and you'll continue to hear about today lots of ways that we do that. Docs and small groups, we do that here on a Sunday. We do it with our kids and our young people. We do it through Alpha. There's tons of different ways that we really push into making disciples. And ultimately, our prayer and our desire, isn't it, is that we might see others who we're meeting out in the community begin their discipleship journey too, begin their training too, to be spiritually fit. So bodies grow, we make disciples. Bodies also, in our world, bodies influence other bodies, don't they? You know, wrongly or rightly, and I think probably wrongly in this world, so often there's a particular image of what a body needs to look like. Even though when you look across a room like this, every single body is incredibly different. There is something in our culture which says that a body needs to look a particular way. Our world can twist for us what a body is supposed to look like. Bodies have influence on what bodies should look like. And, you know, that's a tragic thing in our world sometimes. People end up getting ill because of striving so hard to become like the body they think they should have. 
and you know young people feel like they need to use filters to portray themselves in a particular way or we feel like our bodies need to look or move or look in a particular way that we need to do things that our bodies might look how the world says our bodies need to look but yet when you think about the body of the church the church has an opportunity to look different and yet to look attractive and that's what our harbor of hope series was talking all about wasn't it that we're a body of people who look diverse who have all different gifts and skills but we're a body of people who speak to one another with kindness we're a body of people who are generous to one another we're a body of people who spur each other on and who try to uh, commit to putting God at the center of our lives We are a body that looks different, but that looks attractive. And I really believe that this body has the potential and does already transform our communities merely by its existence because of the ways that we interact with one another, because of the ways that we pray for each other and support each other and are kind to one another. God calls us to be a particular type of body And that body has an influence on the community. You know, huge amounts of community projects, and again, we'll hear more about this later at our big family meeting, have happened and continue to happen here at SPS. And those are great things. But we know, don't we, that what we really have to offer above and beyond anything else, what will really transform our communities, the communities that we live in, the communities that we work in and go to school in, is the love of Jesus, which is why we take our discipleship really seriously as we learn to be bold disciples who speak about Jesus, who live like him and who model to the world how to live in unity, how to live in harmony with each other. So this body gets to have an influence on the community that others might look at us and say, that looks different to how we do it and I want to be part of it. Not only do we have the privilege of being able to welcome people in to be part of this family, to be part of this community, but we also get to show the world what it looks like to be this kind of body, what it looks like to be a body of people who love Jesus, who pursue him, who follow after him and therefore love one another and speak kindly to one another and who prefer one another. And we've said it so many times, haven't we? But I'll say it again. In John chapter 13, it says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I'm really excited about everything that God is doing in the transforming communities realm. But I really do believe that the most transformative thing that we can do for our community is to be a faithful disciple of Christ to be people who are out in the world, praying for our neighbours, speaking boldly about Jesus and behaving kindly to one another. The last thing to say about bodies, and I don't want to press this point too far, is that bodies make new bodies. (laughs) Bodies are reproductive. You know, let's not go too far down that road. But the fact is, bodies have the potential to create and nurture other bodies, don't they? 
We, and we all, as part of this body, as part of the body of Christ, we get to be involved. And again, I'm not going to push this too far as a metaphor. We get to be involved in reproduction. You know, we get to be involved when we come together, new life springs up. And that's what we've seen, isn't it, over the history of St. Paul's Shadwell. In our very conception, we were a people who were planted and then we were planted into again. And then we began planting ourselves. And we've planted worshipping communities all over the place. You know, we've planted those eight communities, but also countless small groups and prayer triplets and people who've met all over the place to faithfully follow God. New life has sprung up when we come together as a body. Maybe the band want to come up and join me as we land In everything we do, in everything we do, we want to be thinking about replicating it in other places, you know, giving it away to other people, growing new things in new places, and just having a prophetic eye on what it is that God is doing in the places where we move about, the places where we work and uh, live and go to school. One of the things I love about being a people who continue to have planting churches as one of the main three things that we do is that it helps us to lift our eyes continually over off of what it is that we are doing in our small locality and to prophetically look out on our areas to think, what is it that you're doing, God? What is it that you're saying? What are you saying about who we are? And what are you saying about what we're going to do next? And that is so exciting. You know, I love being part of a church that that isn't just about getting stuff done here, but it's about lifting our eyes and seeing what God is already doing and being desperate and excited to join in. I'll finish with this. Uh, Paul continues in what he writes in 1 Corinthians. This is from the message version though. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. And you must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in his church, which is his body. And it gives a list. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, those who pray in tongues. But it's obvious by now, isn't it, that Christ's church is a complete body and not a gigantic, undimensional part. Each one of us gets to play a part in being a body that trains and grows for spiritual fitness. Each one of us gets to play a part in being people who transform our community and being people who have influence on what it looks like to be a body in our society. And each one of us have the exciting opportunity to join in with Jesus, to see what he's already doing, to have eyes for what God is out and about doing in the community and to say, yes, I'm in. To be part of coming together and seeing new life spring up.